Blog Talk Radio. tuning in this is the ken reedy show the best in pro wrestling talk and we want to hear from you so please give us a call 347-838-9815 is the number to call and just say it is a final resolution sunday so we're going to get into some talk some tna talk we're probably going to hit that a lot in the second hour but if you want to call in and talk about tna final resolution by all means we let the callers dictate how this show goes. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We want to hear from you. We want to know what your nod of approval is. And each and every Monday night on the Facebook page, we do a raw thread where we go back and forth talking about Monday Night Raw. So be sure to check that out on the Facebook page. Go over there and like us. On the Facebook, if you haven't already done so, obviously on on Twitter at the Ken Reedy Show, and I don't know where you're listening to us at, but if you're not there, check out the Ken Reedy Show dot com, and it's really important right now to check out the website because we just got done with a poll for the year end awards for the best unsigned talent of 2012, and now right up there on the website, we're going to be posting. The best storyline of the year. We got a couple of choices up there for you, but as always, there's a little button there that says others. So if we didn't name one of the choices that you like for best storyline, by all means, pop onto that option and let us know what you think the best storyline was of 2012. And we're going to take fan balloting, and we have an expert panel that's going to be voting. We're going to combine everything and come up with the year end awards. We're going to be doing that. On the last show of the year, and that would be December 29th. So be sure to get your votes in for the best storyline of the year, 2012. And that's all the the housekeeping and everything. We got that out of the way. Let's get to some wrestling talk. As always, my tag team partner, Dave, is on the line. Dave, how you doing this fine evening? I'm doing good. My hand's cramping up from uh, holding the tag rope, so you got to tag me in pretty soon. 
You are tagged in now. Right. So let's get going with, uh, I guess, the biggest news to come out of uh, the wrestling landscape uh, is uh, the CM Punk injury kind of changing uh, the landscape of the upcoming pay-per-view and, uh, you know, the not-too-distant future of the WWE. Yeah, um, this, was, this was pretty big news this week. I was... Um... I was thoroughly shocked because uh, he seems he seems to be you know moving forward you know in in, in momentum towards his potential match with the Rock at the Royal Rumble and uh, you know a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen um, but it seems like he's uh, he, he's doing well his surgery was successful and it looks like you know he will eventually go forward and defend the title against the Rock at the Royal Rumble obviously that's not set in stone on television, but that seems to be where they want to go with him. Um, and, of course, uh, adding the uh, – taking him out of the TLC main event is, uh, you know, protecting him so that he can make it to the Royal Rumble. Um, so, I mean, well, I, I'm interested to see what this, you know, where this leaves Ryback eventually um, because he's, he's due a title shot. Um, and there's a lot of big things coming up in the month of January for Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, the – the uh, the 20th anniversary of Monday Night Raw is, I believe, January 14th. Um, so the, the the Rock is scheduled to be there. I don't know if they want to do a CM Punk Ryback title match then. Um, Raw is going to be going up against uh, the the BCS Championship game, uh, National Championship game. So I don't know if they want to do it then. Uh, you know, it's the month of January is going to be pretty tricky. They're going to have to slide that in there, um, but. Uh, you know, it, I, I'm really interested in seeing what the Shield's going to do for for their upcoming match at the TLC paper now that Punk is out. It's all like really interesting stuff uh, to talk about. I mean, first off, what I'd like to talk about is is the injury itself, and you know, they're they're selling it. And storyline wise, is that Ryback uh, caused the injury on Monday night? Um, you know, I watched the the whole like run in a, a few times. Um, I don't think the injury occurred there. I think, uh, you know, rumors are that, that uh, you know, the injury was pre-existing and the WWE had known this. And, and I think when you look at the way things unfold, and we'll get into all this other stuff as the show goes on, but, you know, adding the stipulation of the Money in the Bank briefcase, uh, the writing was on the wall. Like They knew well before uh Punk surgery, the surprise quote unquote surgery that he was going under the knife. So they were putting their ducks in a row um, to set this up so Punk could go, and they they set up the injury, and it, it all kind of worked. Um, as far as the meniscus, it's interesting because I have actually had uh, meniscus surgery um, for CM Punk. Look, the day I had the surgery, and I had a, I had a bad tear, uh, a, a decent tear, to the point where when I had the surgery, they um, they couldn't repair the part of the meniscus that was torn. They had to remove uh, the damaged part. As far as the reports I'm hearing uh, for CM Punk, they repaired the meniscus. So that's better for, for CM Punk. The day I had the surgery, I actually walked five minutes on the treadmill just to kind of get the leg moving a little bit. So it is, it's an injury that, yeah, you hear knee surgery and look, surgery sucks. There's no, you know, it's not fun, but it is a surgery that, you know, unless there's complications, I mean, I was playing softball uh, within a month or so of, of the, of surgery. 
and I actually played with the injury for a, a few months. So it's painful when you're playing with the injury, and but you can't you can play, you can do stuff with, with the injury. So it's one of those things that it doesn't get better without surgery, um, and it makes sense for the WWE if you look at like timeline wise and who knows when he actually tore it. But you look at the calendar, you want a healthy CM Punk, obviously, for the WrestleMania run. So this is the most logical time to have the surgery. Who knows what might happen over the next like week or so. It wouldn't surprise me if he was able to do something at TLC. Again, look, I'm not going to compare playing softball with professional wrestling. However, you're talking a world-class athlete versus myself, a weekend warrior. So... Put it all in perspective, uh, CM Punk may very well be able or at least willing to uh, wrestle by the time TLC uh, comes around. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, I think it works well that they're kind of throwing this on Ryback. Ryback injured the champion. Um, you know, I, I think everything that they've had to do works well. But timeline-wise, this makes perfect sense for them. Because he should be healthy. I, I'm expecting there's not going to be anything silly involved. He's going to retain the title now. Even if they have to throw a title match in at some point, maybe on a Monday Night Raw, which will be cool. Um, but he's going to have the title going into uh, Royal Rumble. And he's going to be the one that's facing The Rock for the championship. Uh, again, meniscus surgery, unless he has any sort of complications, is really... If you're going to have knee surgery, you're going to have a knee injury... If you have to have surgery, meniscus is probably like the the best surgery you could ask for because it's not really that it's not that complicated. They go in, they they you know three little holes, and they go in, they either repair it or they they take out the damaged uh, tissue. So uh, you know, again, all the best to CM Punk and hope he's back soon. This has been a great run for him, but uh, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal for him. But with the injury, they've obviously had to. Uh, rebook or switch around, change up the uh, pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, I guess the first, one of the first changes is uh, they added a a tag team match. We have Ryback and Hell No versus The Shield. Um, Dave, right now, what, what are your thoughts on The Shield? Um, I mean, I like the, the, uh, the unpredictability in some ways. I mean, it's, it's, in some other ways, they are predictable, but I, I'm 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 really want to see what their in-ring work is, especially from Dean Ambrose. Um, you know, Dean Ambrose, I, I've watched a lot of stuff with him. Um, you know, NXT and stuff on YouTube. And I mean, he's just in-ring in-ring wise, he he's got it. And personality-wise, like you know, you're just seeing a little bit on television right now. Wait till you just let that guy go full bore. He's you know he can he can talk. He's just he got he's got a an eccentric personality. Um, he's a combination of Roddy Piper meets Brian Pillman, you know, meets Chris Sabin, which, you know, you, you saw the, you posted the picture on Facebook on the Ken Reedy show, Facebook. Um, the guy's just, you know, he's the figure, he's the leader of that group. Um, Seth Rollins is, is, is the more uh, technical of the two and Roman Reigns is the heavy. I haven't really seen a whole lot of Roman Reigns, um, I've seen some stuff from Seth Rollins. He's great too. He could, he could, you know, he he could do a little better on the mic, but for the most part, he he can go in the ring. Um, so the real test is is for them if they're going to be mainstays and players in the top 
storyline on WWE television. Then their in-ring work in a match like this against, you know, Kane, who's a seasoned veteran, Ryback, and Daniel Bryan, they, they're they going to have to show up. they they got to step up, and I believe they will. Um, I mean, as far as the Shield goes, I want to see what else they do. You know, if it's just for CM Punk, um, you know, if they're just doing this for CM Punk, then, I mean, eventually a lot of people will think that it's going to lead to them being aligned with Heyman and Punk, even though they said right off the bat they have no affiliation with them. Um, what would be interesting is if they, they proved everybody wrong and they were just helping out other heels that were, you know, causes of quote-unquote injustice. Um, I like how they've gone after Randy Orton. It gives Randy Orton something meaningful to do, even though he's not involved in this match. Um so I mean I like the I liked the uh the promo they did on Friday on SmackDown with um you know the, the camera. It was very NWO like, um, with the camera shots and the editing and just the, the production, the overall grittiness of it. I thought it was pretty cool, you know. They were kinda of holding the camera up to themselves. Um so, you know so far I'm liking it. It it seems a little different, even though the name is, you know, you know, directly a direct copy off of a television show, an old television show. But I, I, I'm I'm more optimistic in a positive way to see where else they're going to go with these guys. Um, it's it, it feels fresh to me, and uh, I really want to see them all get in the ring. To be honest with you, that's just where that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, you know I agree with you. I want to see them in the ring, and I want to see Dean Ambrose kind of let loose in a promo. I think we've seen, like, hints of, of what he can do, but I really want to see, you know, the handcuffs kind of come off. Um, it's interesting because, and, and maybe it's a good thing, you know, and it's funny, I mean, people with wrestling, you know, some fans say, oh, they're copying or they're, they're regurgitating or whatever, but it's it's pro wrestling, you know. Things are, you know, always going to be regurgitated and repackaged, and, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, that That promo on SmackDown was so NWO-ish. I mean, if you if you took one of those old-school NWO promos and just looked at it and said, how can we update it? That would be it. I mean, it was so in the style of an old NWO uh, promo. And what I find interesting is without, without saying it, without putting it out there as, as something obvious, it, it's very similar to... The, the beginning stages of the NWO. And, and it's it's interesting to watch what's going on in the WWE because the NWO DVD is out right now and the NWO DVD is doing very well. You have the Shield right now. And they're not going out of their way to say it, but you get that impression that there's someone that is pulling the strings or is involved or is that we don't know about. AKA, you know, AKA, or, or, or much much like... The, the In WCW, you had the Outsiders, and there was this, quote, third member. And who was the third member? And obviously it turned out to be Hulk Hogan. You know, and you wonder, like, you know, are they building something similar here right now with the Shield? They're, you know, they're swearing up and down. They're not tied to Heyman. Um, is that a ruse or is it true? Who knows? But without coming out and being very obvious about it and saying, you know, there's someone else or there there is a, a leader, but we're not saying. Um, it's kind of similar to that Outsiders, uh, NWO, Hulk Hogan kind of thing. And, you know, I mean, it, I, again, I, 
saying it, it, it probably would never happen, but what if they did something where it was John Cena who was uh, running things, uh, you know, or something where, you know, a, you know, like much, much uh, similar to when Hulk Hogan was uh, the leader of the NWO. Um, who knows where they're going to go with it, but I, I like it too. Um, you know, you can draw similarities, but it's an updated version. Um, it's definitely a newer and hipper. Um, you know, I like their style. I, I like their uh, their dress. Um, you know, their uniform. I, I kind of like that whole thing. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious where they're going to go with it. Um, you know, again with wrestling, things that are are fresh and exciting become boring very quickly when they're done over and over again. And as much as I like the Shield, you know, now we're like we're watching, you know, every week, and, and you know, we're seeing, all right, you know, there's a match going on, and then oh, oh, what's what's that going? What's what's on the stairs? What's that? Oh, it's the Shield. Oh, here they come, and and so. You know, I I, I want to see more now. Like we've seen that, we've seen the sneak attacks, we we've seen, but but they're kind of doing the same thing each and every week. So I'm curious where the storyline's going to go. But I like it, and and personally, going into TLC, I would really like in some way, shape, or form, and I think it's important for this group, uh, for the Shield to win the match. Um, I'm curious, Dave, do you like? What they've done now. I mean, you had Ryback, who was supposed to be title. He was going for the title against CM Punk. CM Punk injured, changed everything into a, a tag match. Um, do you like how they tweaked uh, at least Ryback's match going into this pay-per-view? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I understand that, you know, it's the first time. I mean, it's the first time ever that, Tables, ladders, and chairs have been used in, you know, you can win by pinfall. There's nothing hanging over the balance for them to climb a ladder. It's just going to give these guys enough reason to, you know, beat the crap out of each other. I don't mind it. I'm interested I'm interested in seeing how it's going to play out and, you know, what things they could do with all, the, with all those weapons, you know, without having to climb the ladder to grab something. Um, I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, so... I don't mind the I don't mind the switch um, for for Ryback's match. I mean, they had to do something, and it was you know blatantly obvious with the Shield that um, you know eventually their time was going to come to have a match at the pay per view. So, figure why not now? You know, um, I, I like I said, I don't I don't have any problem with the switch and and the change to the to the TLC match itself because. At the end of the day, you, you're you're beating the crap out of if, if if there was a belt hanging over, you're beating the crap out of somebody with all those weapons, with the the ladders and the table and the chair, and you know. So, I don't see I don't see any issue with it. Um, I just uh, I just hope for a good match and a good showing from the Shield. I will disagree with you about with this one point as far as the Shield goes with winning the match. Um, I mean, a lot of people would say that, but however, if they were to lose the match somehow. But still come out looking strong as far as like let's say let's say that Ryback pins one of them or whatever puts him through a table or smashes him through a ladder or whatever and he gets the pinfall. I mean, you know that the bell rings, all the baby faces are in the air, you know, raising their hands in the air. They won. Then the shield comes out and they just afterwards and just demolish them and leave them left, you know, leave them laying and they walk out. They barely walk out, you know, but they walk out, you know. 
winners in their own mind because they've gotten the best of them. You may have won the battle, but you didn't win the war. So as long as they look like vicious and strong, I don't necessarily think a win is necessary for them for the match because they could get, I mean, they could they could get their heat back just like that, you know, because because they're Ryback's a monster babyface amongst everyone, you know, in the WWE. You know, everyone loves him, and you know, they, the Feed Me More chants are becoming, you know, are, are, are becoming a hit thing. So I don't I don't think a win is necessarily. Uh, do for the shield, but you know, as long as they come out looking strong and that they're, you know, they're, that they're forced to be reckoned with, then you know they can survive a loss. I, I would agree with you there. I mean, I'm not, you know, I guess what I'm saying, win. I'm saying like, kind of what you're saying that they got to look strong. Like I, I, I don't want to see a match where, you know, Ryback pins a member of the shield and, you know, Ryback and Hell No walk off and that's it. You know, I, I that I, I agree with you. If Ryback gets the pin, but somehow the the shield uh, gains the upper hand, and by the end of the match, you have Ryback and Hell No laid out, and the shield standing in the middle of the ring. You know the L is not a big deal, um, and especially if we do have a a revealing of you know a new member or a leader uh, that that comes and interferes. Uh, I I agree with you. I think that works. I just I don't think a a, a straightforward. Uh, Victory uh, or loss for the Shield would be good for them. They have to look strong, uh, especially as the, the newcomers, um, and especially with someone like Ryback. And you know, Ryback, like now is the time. You know, he's he's real popular. Uh, like you said, the Feed Me More chants are huge, and and you know, it's time to give our hero a sense of loss. So let's let the Shield kind of get over on uh, Ryback again, whether it's winning the match or. Uh, going over as far as uh, after the match, um, you know, Ryback, it's good to see Ryback have to fight through something uh, to maintain his level. Um, you know, it's interesting when you have your champion uh, get hurt, you know, you got to switch things around. And there was a lot of criticism floating around as far as, uh, you know, Ziggler potentially putting his uh, money in the bank briefcase on the line. Um, I like it. and And I like it because... When you're in a pinch and you have – if you look at everything that's going on in the WWE and you're trying to sell a pay-per-view, I mean, let's not forget, you know, there is creativity and there is storylines we all love to see and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, you got to make money. Um, you know, putting the money in the bank on the line, uh, you know, might put some, some fannies in the seats, might put some eyeballs on the TV sets, uh, you know, might put some pay-per-view dollars – you know, when you know, I mean, they've done a lot. They've done a super job at, at building up CM Punk. And, you know, here's a guy for myself. I was not a guy that was immediately jumping on the CM Punk uh, bandwagon. I mean, you know, who the hell am I? But I was, you know, to me, he was a guy that had to prove himself as, as far as being a bona fide star. And I think he has. I, he's tremendous right now. Uh, you know, to me, what he does in, in a very successful way, and this is high praise. I mean, to me, CM Punk is slowly, you know, becoming a modern-day flair. He's a guy that uh, he cheats, uh, quote, you know, dirtiest player in the game, does does all that stuff, but uh, somehow still looks strong as champ. Um, he can lose. He can get his ass kicked at times. 
you know, Monday Night Raw ends with him getting put through a table, and still he looks strong as a champion. And uh, there's a certain knack that that certain very good performers, good wrestlers uh, have a knack for doing that, um, making other guys look good and still make yourself look strong. And I think Punk has done a tremendous job at that. But when you you lose that guy, uh, you know, it's, it's like, now what do we do? And I think it was a good move putting the money in the bank on the line. Uh, but I think it's a good move only to make, to continue to build Dolph Ziggler. And I really want to see Dolph Ziggler go over on John Cena and, you know, retain, if I guess you'd call it that, retain his money in the bank, uh, Briefcase, um, I, I don't, and, and we've talked here, and, and Dave is, we're on the same page. We're not seeing a haters here, but in this instance, I I don't think it's a good move at all for John Cena to win this Money in the Bank match. Um, to me, this is all a way of, of, you know, making Ziggler look strong, and We've talked about it on the show uh, a lot. You know, is Ziggler a guy that you can market as the guy in your company? And if you have thoughts of making him the guy, uh, this would be a, a a good way to to start that or continue that process. Uh, you know, he's got to if he loses his Money in the Bank briefcase. I I, I don't know. To me, like it's going to take a lot to rebuild him. But if he wins, if he retains, if the pay-per-view ends, because I'm thinking this is going to be the main event, pay-per-view ends with Dolph Ziggler standing aloft the ladder, holding the briefcase in the air, with a vanquished John Cena lying below on, on the canvas. I think that's a tremendous image, and it'll go a long way to uh, building up Dolph Ziggler as a bona fide main event uh put the company on his shoulders kind kind of guy uh your thoughts on on the money in the bank uh ladder match between ziggler and cena i like the idea i've said it for years that i think that they should treat that contract that's almost like a championship um you know i'm surprised that in past storylines when heels have had the money in the bank that general managers haven't tried to get the heels to defend it um I mean, it's it's somewhat of a safety net for 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 us for certain guys that have held that briefcase. They could go through a string of losses, but they got the money in the bank. You know, that's 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 okay. You know, they'll, it's almost a guarantee to be champion. Here's the interesting dynamic here with this match. John Cena won the Raw Money in the Bank earlier this year, cashed it in a week later, and lost it to CM Punk. Dolph Ziggler has the money in the bank for the SmackDown or the World Heavyweight title, whatever they call it, because both shows mixed together. There's no such thing as a brand extension anymore. Uh, but I was on a, I was on a, a discussion thread on uh, one of the, uh, the Dirt Sheet websites, and they were talking about that match. And uh, someone brought up the idea of having John Cena defeat Dolph Ziggler for the briefcase and then having him cash in on The Rock at the Royal Rumble after The Rock were to beat CM Punk for the WWE Championship, setting up eventually The Rock and John Cena at WrestleMania and, and making it twice in a lifetime and, and having that feud go forward. I don't necessarily agree with it unless they were to have Dolph Ziggler win the Royal Rumble 
and then get his title shot at WrestleMania. I think what they're going to do with it, I think Ziggler will end up winning, and Cena could always bounce back from this loss because it's not really a big deal. He could bounce back from this loss. Ziggler will win. I think, personally, Ziggler's going to cash it in at WrestleMania. I think we're going to have a WrestleMania moment with Dolph Ziggler in the Money in the Bank briefcase because that's another thing that that that, char- that that gimmick hasn't done is you haven't seen a cash-in for Money in the Bank at a WrestleMania. And, you know, everybody in the wrestling business, you know, their dream is to be on the main stage at WrestleMania and main event. Well, Dolph Ziggler's got that opportunity in a briefcase. Most of those guys have had that opportunity in a briefcase. They've just never done it that way. I think we might see Dolph do that at WrestleMania. I think the match next week at TLC will be great. I think, you know, Cena has performed really well in ladder matches. If you remember, he had a a ladder match with, uh, or a TLC match with Edge in Canada a few years ago, and it was a brutal match. And Ziggler, of course, is very familiar with ladders. He's done well with those two. I think you'll see a great match between the two. I don't have a, I don't see any issue here. As long as, uh, as long as John Cena, uh, you know, doesn't win the Money in the Bank briefcase and they keep moving forward with Ziggler. Um, you know, you, you mentioned about Dolph Ziggler being the man. I don't think he's going to be positioned as being the man. He's going to be one of the main players, but he'll be like a main player, like a heel. Like, you know, he won't, he won't be the face of the company. You're not going to see him, you know, doing, you know, 5,000 make-a-wishes and, you know, all, you know, all this other stuff. But he's going to be a main player. And I don't think Dolph Ziggler is is... is the top guy. I've never said that. I, I, I firmly believe he's he, he'll be a guy that will draw money. He will be like what Ric Flair was years and years ago, to a lesser degree. He, he'll he'll sell the hell out of you, and he'll make people pay to see him get his ass kicked. And he'll keep walking out with the title numerous times. That, that's just that's just my opinion. But I agree. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm, I'm like I guess I'm saying quote quote unquote the man. Like, I don't know if he'll. He'll be that, like, one guy, but one of the main players. And, you know, I I, I, I don't know. Like, like you're saying, if, if he lost – like, let's put this – if he lost this Money in the Bank on the line match and they don't position him to win the Rumble, you know, I, I mean, this, it's going to take a while. Then they've dropped the ball on him. What? Then they've dropped the ball on him, in my opinion. If they don't get exactly. – That's if they, not what I'm saying, that he has yeah. to – you know, if he doesn't win one of those two, it's going to take a lot to rebuild him back to this status. And I think they've done a good job at at moving him slowly into this this level. And and we've we've both uh, been real high on Ziggler for for quite some time and what he brings to the table. Um, you know, this is a big deal. Uh, you know, main eventing a pay per view. Uh, last pay-per-view of the year and, uh, you know, going into, I mean, when you think about it, we're going into WrestleMania season. I mean, essentially, when you look at, uh, you know, this pay-per-view, it's kind of like this is the last one. This is this ends and we kind of start moving into at least talking about the WrestleMania season. So for, you know, this this chunk of time to end this pay-per-view to end with Ziggler holding up that briefcase at the end of a pay-per-view. Um, that's a powerful image and it goes a long way. And like you said, Cena can, can live with it. Cena can lose. There's going to be no, Cena losing to Ziggler is not going to all of a sudden be, well, you know, now Cena's a second tier kind of guy because he looked weak against Ziggler. 
you know, Cena, Cena. You know, he's reached that stature where he could, you know, he could lose to me in the ring, and he's still going to be okay. He's he's above it all right now. You know, there's certain guys that are just at that level. Um, you know, Ziggler needs to be built up. Uh, if he, if they, like you said, they drop the ball if he loses this match and and doesn't win uh, the Rumble, because I, I honestly I don't know where to go with him at that point. So there's a lot of craziness going on in the WWE, a lot of things uh, going around. We had a lie detector uh, test on Monday Night Raw, which uh, I, I thought that much of that uh, sequence was, was bad. Um, I, I find, and I don't know what's going on, I know he's got some stuff going on in the media, but Miz's character is an arrogant prick. And it still kind of is. His character still kind of is an arrogant prick. But he's gone from being a heel arrogant prick to a face arrogant prick. Um, it looked awkward to me. And and on some levels, it looked like even Miz was not comfortable uh, with what he was doing. Um, I, I mean, I look... I, Everyone who listens to the show knows I'm not the biggest Miz fan. Um, but as of late, I kind of, you know. Wow, him, that's, him, news. <laughs> that's news. That's news. <laughs> but I like late him being mid-card-ish worked for me. That was okay. And in fact, as much as it was short, um, you know, maybe they could have done a little bit more. But I liked when he came in and kind of ripped on Sandow. Uh, on SmackDown, I thought that worked for him, and uh, you know, a mid-card program between the Miz and Sandow, I- I'd be cool with that. Like that works. That's where he's at. Uh, the sequence with Punk just seemed really awkward um, and strained, and and at times it even seemed like perhaps behind the scenes, uh, these two actually really don't like each other. Um, you know, he's saying the Miz sucks, and then Miz actually says, well, your mom sucks. So it was like, wow, that's not totally PG. So I, I was kind of curious, like, what their feelings are towards each other behind the scenes. But um, I don't know. Like, what do you think when you're watching that lie detector uh, vignette? Uh, I mean, did you I – I thought Punk was good. I thought Punk was very solid, but uh, – I don't know, at times, like, the dialogue between the two of them seemed a bit strained and awkward. That whole lie detector, that whole lie detector segment screened Maury Povich, in my opinion. You know, if they, if they, if they do paternity tests on Raw, then we're going to have a real problem. But I, I didn't care for it. I didn't care for the segment at all. Um, I know that Punk... Punk has stated in numerous interviews on on different you know websites, radio stations that he was not a fan of Miz main eventing WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta last year. He was not a fan of it. He thought he should have been in the main event. That's what led to the whole you know the 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 communication breakdown and the contract negotiations or lack thereof that led to the big summer punk storyline where he did the pipe bomb and then he won the belt in Chicago and he left and came back. You know that. That's what pretty much kind of led to that point. Um, he's probably, I mean, he's probably told Miz to his face on numerous occasions that I didn't think you you, you deserve to be there, and that I'm better than you. Who knows? I, you know, that, that's you know, that's just pure speculation on my part. Um, the whole segment overall, 
I just thought it was stupid. I just thought it was plain old stupid. I was like, I was praying for something to happen, and then the shield showed up, and I was like, yay! <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. You know, like they got the thing on the screen, and you know, the oh wait a minute, he lied or he he, he showed it. he wasn't exactly. I mean, come on, it was just. Overall, and it was just weird because, like, I mean, I'm I'm watching it and I'm trying to recall the exact question, but, um, you know, Miz asked a question that was opinion, and when he asked it, I was sitting there saying, "That's opinion." Oh, he asked him. He asked him if he thinks that he could beat Ryback without the Shield's help. Right. And then, yeah. and then Punk actually pointed out that that this is opinion, and I'm like, "What is going on here? Like, this is just like I guess they didn't rehearse this, and these two don't like each other, and and it just." The whole segment just didn't work, and, you know, we've talked about it. I'm not going to beat the dead horse, but there are certain moments that I have watched since Raw has gone to three hours that I'm watching the segment. I'm going, this is a time killer. They ran out of material for three hours, and they threw this in. And the whole lie detector segment to me screamed time killer. We can kill a huge chunk of time. It's not a match, and we can just let this go. And then in the end, we just throw the shield in with the, an ass kicking. But it, it's funny because the the segment was so awkward, and I thought the Miz was was so off and and poor in the segment that you know when you look at wrestling and you look at you know heels and faces and and you know the heels' job is to be you know evil enough towards the face that it makes the crowd or the people or fans want to root for the face. That whole segment was so bad that I I think I became a bigger CM Punk fan and I became a fan of The Shield during that segment because I just wanted to see, like, someone go over on on Miz. Uh, I just, Miz looked uncomfortable at times um, he, he looked like he, he was trying to remain cocky, but what wasn't, you know, wasn't feeling it, um, you know. And I don't know what they're going to do with this character, but it's really tough to be, you know, this arrogant jerk, but be a face. And it, it looked kind of, like I said, I know I keep saying it, but it just looked awkward in that segment. Now on SmackDown, it worked because you kind of had. The, the pretentious intellectual jerk in the ring and you had kind of the, the, the cool arrogant jerk come down and kind of one-up him. And that worked. You know, I thought Miz coming in and, and kind of saying something to Sandow worked well. And, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Sandow on Miz TV uh, to see those two kind of go back and forth. But the Punk Miz thing just didn't work. Even I was cracking up when Punk said, uh, you know, go ahead, strap me in. Ask me if I think it's stupid that he's got the upside-down mic thing. <laughs> I was like, I've been thinking that's stupid for years. So, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows where they're going to go with Miz, but I, I just didn't think it worked well at all on Monday night. And, uh you know, who knows? But let's let's go out to the phones and hear what you guys think. We have some people who have been very patiently on hold. And we're going to start here with uh, Tony's on the line. Tony, are you there? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here. 
How are you, buddy? All right. How are you guys? Doing all right. What do you think? All the stuff we're talking about with uh, Monday Night Raw and Punk and everything getting changed. And uh, what do you think of all this stuff going on? Well, I'm, it is kind of you know it is kind of unfortunate you know that he that Punk is going to be out of the match. You know, you know, but but uh, that's um, the, you know, I think the six man it should be a good match. You know, I don't know. I mean, if it's, you know, why they still have the TLC step in there if you don't really have to climb the ladder and get anything. But um, uh, not, you know, that said, I think it should be a good match. Like like you like you were saying too. You know, it's like as long as the Shield comes out looking strong on top of you, like at, at the end of the whole thing. Uh, you know, because I'm even thinking, you know, like what they could do too. You know, it's like if they're not really aligned with anybody. They could also, you know, like during the uh, Money in the Bank match, you know, the uh, Cena Dolph match or whatever, you know, it's like they've been, you know, you can, why not have, to, I don't know, just, you know, why not have the Shield come in and, you know, lay out Cena, you know, because, you know, it's like, you know, because then, you know, because uh, it's like, you know, who who's more than injustice in WWE and, you know, what would they say than the other, than, than, than uh, John Cena? So maybe, like, if they, uh, you know, like do that just to show that they aren't really aligned with, uh, you know, Instead of just like going after after guys who are against Punk all the time, they could you know they could have them go up and then lay out you know the, you know you know the you know the big guy you know they could have them lay out Cena you know see you know because I I really I really you know, I'd really rather see you know like, he 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 doesn't need the money to bank case Cena you know it's like you know it's like he had it or you know it's like uh he you know like he, like you said he's a guy who can lose i mean like he not all but he can lose every match all, all the next year and it wouldn't hurt him uh, yeah you're uh, right i mean he's 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 reached that status that you know he he can lose and i think it's in it's you know most important and, and that's a good idea i mean to throw the shield in there cuz uh there is a certain um i mean the one thing when you look back and and it it's you know when you look back on the nwo and it's interesting to see, like, where exactly they're going to go with the Shield. But, like, part of the NWO was this unpredictability of who are they going to attack next. And, uh, you know, to really kind of throw that in, if they're, they're trying to go for that sort of vibe uh, with the Shield, you know, what better way to do it than to, in the main event, at a pay-per-view, for, uh, you know, these three guys to take out, um, you know, the guy, you know, the man, the guy who's been the face of the company for the better part of a decade. Uh, what better way to kind of show, you know what, nobody is safe uh, because we're just, we're we're taking over. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, I think that would be cool. And again, like anything for, you know, I really think Ziggler needs to, to hold on to that briefcase uh, at the end of that match. Definitely does, yeah. You know, like I say, he, he definitely could use the push. You know, because they haven't really been. Uh, you know, even uh, something like even like you were talking about the the whole Miz, uh, the, the whole the, the lie detector. So I was, just, you know, like, I was thinking the same as you. It was like just watching it, you know, watching. I'm just like, what are they doing here? This is just so bad. You know, it's just like you know, because even Miz is a face. You know, it's like it's, it's it just doesn't seem to click. You know, it's just, you know. I think you know, I think Miz is just more is is natural as 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 a as a cocky heel, you know, instead of you know like a the baby face doing the same stick, you know, just doesn't just it just doesn't seem to, you know, like I say he he doesn't really look too comfortable doing that in a baby face role. Yeah, I mean nothing worked in that segment. I, I mean just and it almost seemed like the way Punk was talking and acting. I mean I know he's the heel and he ha- he's supposed to be a jerk and everything, but you know it it almost 
like like trying to read between the lines and, and read, you know, Punk's facial expression. It almost came off that, you know, someone in creative said we're doing this and Punk said that sucks. And someone said, tough, you, you're still doing it. Because he, you know, wasn't so, like, it wasn't your traditional kind of heel. Like, he just looked annoyed to have to do the segment in general. You know, it just, he looked like he was just in a pissy mood to, to be a part of it. Like, it was almost like reading Punk's face that, that he knew it sucked. That he knew, like, sitting there. God, I I would change the channel if I had to sit through this. And it just you know, Miz's character didn't work. The 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 concept of it being a lie detector didn't work. And it just it was drawn out. I just you know, and and you look, and it wasn't something. Look, if you started raw, you know, if you leaked online or whatever, uh, you know, raw starting off with a lie detector, maybe it works. But that's that's your finish. The end of three hours, you know that—that's your finale. I, it just wasn't very good. No, no, it wasn't. I mean, even the segment before that, you know, when when we like he came out, you know, when Miz came out, I said, "Oh yeah, I'll get the." When they like, talked about it later, you know, Heyman even said, you know, said to Miz, "I was like, oh yeah, we know how, all know how Punk feels about Miz behind the scenes." So I mean, you know, it's like there's, I don't know if there's anything you know, to be read into that, but you know, I guess it's like just you know, I guess seeing Punk and. You know, does he really legit? You know, like, uh, you know, have a beef with the Miz? I mean, they—they you know, they, they obviously just—they they are not fans of each other. But uh, you know, as always, uh, Tony, thanks for the call. We got a full bank of calls out there. Uh, again, uh, go to our website, thekenryshow.com. Tony is our guest blogger. He blogs each and every week on Raw, uh, Impact, and SmackDown. So be sure to. You know, check out his blogs. When you go there to vote for the year-end awards, uh, go over there and read a couple of uh, Tony's blogs. Uh, they're quite comprehensive. Tony, as always, thanks for the call. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. All right. Take it easy, man. You too, man. And let's stick with the phones because we're going to go right now. We got Mr. Trivia has been holding on. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. How are you doing? Good. Ken, I couldn't agree with you more on a lot of your points. Um, I had a little disagreement with uh, your your fabulous co-host there, Mr. Dave, uh, about the CM Punk thing uh, as far as the title goes. I believe he's going to hold the title until the Royal Rumble and then lose it to The Rock. But uh, well, I th- I think so too. I'm just I, I was just stating that uh, there was a uh, on a message board that uh, they were talking about uh, you know uh, Cena cashing in. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? I, yeah, I don't uh, – well, you see, I tell a lot of people, if John Cena wins the world title again, I'm never going to watch Monday Night Raw. But um, uh, that's, uh, I, I'm not sure about that, but anyhow. I, I see – I'm getting a, I'm getting a liking with uh, Ziggler now. I'm getting to like his character. This thing with the shield, um, I think they could have did better on the uh, the Ryback thing. I mean, I understand CM Punk got injured and everything, and they threw right back into the six-man match. But I think to make it interesting, why didn't they put? Uh, I think it would have been better if they put Ryback in a triple threat with Sheamus and the Big Show. I think that might have been more interesting because I've been dying to see Ryback versus the Big Show to see how that would come out. Well, that, yeah, and, that's, that's, 
that's been talked about for WrestleMania. I think they want to save that for WrestleMania with Ryback and Big Show. I think I mentioned that last week. You know, the only reason why they put Ryback into this six-man match was because he has affiliation with the Shield. The Shield has jumped him from behind twice. So I think it was the logical choice. Because if you just threw Ryback into a random match with Sheamus and the Big Show and for the title, it's like... To me, in my opinion, Ryback going after the World Heavyweight title is like, well, I can't beat CM Punk, so I'm going to injure him and take his title, or injure him, and he can't defend the title, but I'll go after the other world title. Like, that didn't, like that would make him look stupid and weak if they put him in that situation. Just my opinion. No knock on your, your, your idea whatsoever. Yeah. That's, that's just yeah. my, that's my personal opinion. Match also, though, can, that would be a hard-hitting yeah. brawl. Also, Ken, uh, you had a, you really touched base on that lie detector thing. I think uh, that's what I was saying before in the past that you know Monday Night Raw's got to find some stuff to fill in for this three hours that they're having because I mean I'm I'm getting to fall asleep towards the end of Monday Night Raw and it's getting you know they got to find this stuff to to fill in the time and like you said if they had the lie detector in the beginning instead of making it the end it might have made it a lot more interesting because when you have, like, the champion laid out at the end of Monday Night Raw or Ryback laid out at the end of Monday Night Raw with CM Punk standing on top of him, that's building up to next week's Monday Night Raw. If you have the lie detector test, then it just stops there and say, well, you got to leave people scratching their heads wondering what's going to happen this week. So... But anyway, guys, I just want to let you know uh, Top Rope is re- going to be returning again in January 2013 of the all-new Top Rope. Going to have uh, Osteenker on, going to have Mario Mancini on. And also tomorrow night there's a uh, new talk show coming on called The Squared Circle. Fogman and Stevie Stamos are going to be on there. It's supposed to be a very controversial show. It's in North Haven, Connecticut on NHTV. So any Connecticut viewers out there might want to check that out. It's going to be a good show. And... Once again, it was a pleasure calling the most informative talk show. Guys, pleasure talking to you. Have a great night. Thanks. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. All right. Let's, we're going to stick with the phones. I think we got Mike on the line. Mike, how you doing? Hey, guys. What's going on tonight? Not much. How you doing? Yeah, I I, uh, I love that lie detector test. Almost as I love your vocabulary tonight there, Ken. Hip and, and, and fannies. And why don't you bring back uh, Monica, Monica, whatever the heck you said. Monica, I love it. <laughs> oh, what? yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, I went there. But anyway, um, how are you guys? So, yeah, I just established how you guys do it tonight. Um, I, do, I do not like Ryan. I did not like Rockback versus Punk again. I just think that the WWE was stuffing this down our throat because, again, we all know Ryback was going to get screwed because we all know the big buildup is um, The Rock versus CM Punk. That's my opinion about that. I'm glad that match didn't happen. And Ken and Dave, I know who is behind The Shield. Really? You? Okay, yeah, I want to hear this. Barbarian. Woo! <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I you know I put nothing past that guy to be behind the show. Like I'm waiting for at one point I'm watching Impact or Raw or SmackDown, and uh, all of a sudden like the 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 screen's gonna like fade, and you're gonna hear you know special announcement from deep within the dark reaches of 
special forces in the U.S. government, and then you're just going to hear Bob Arian start talking. Yeah, and then you're going to hear, woo, exactly. <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> out of It's going to sound like Jimmy Snooker, uh, what do you call it, throwing up or something. <laughs> well, the shield certainly is using some of Bob Arian's uh, fashion tips with the, uh, the the combat boots and the uh, you know the cargo pants and the gloves. So you know it, oh. it's a possibility there. You know, you, know, you want to you want to hear something funny? Ma- Magic said Magic and I were talking about the shield, and he goes, "You know, Mikey, the shield's a ripoff of the eight. <laughs> I looked at him and I went, "Are you serious? You think it's, they're ripping off the uh, the eight from TNA?" Oh, God, that's what he uh, had to say. Well, yeah, the H and the H and the H. Yeah, them too. Well, it's interesting. I mean, wrestling, you know, I think companies kind of go back and forth. It's been kind of interesting, you know, when you look at TNA and WWE, and and TNA has got accused in the past of stealing stuff from the WWE or trying to copy the WWE. Um, It is interesting when you look at, the AJ storyline with the illegitimate child and all that stuff. And then you kind of, now you have the Cena and AJ storyline and, you know, you have ace and eights. Now I think they're, they're kind of different uh, as far as the structure of the group, but it is interesting how both companies are having similar storylines and, you know, quote invading force. Yeah. Kind of going on at the same time, so who knows? Who knows? Uh, I don't know. That know. was uh, that was magic. That was magic's one little. Uh, that was magic's one little input to him and I talking about. Because I said to him, "I love the shield." I was like, and then he went on to tell me um, about that. You know what I didn't like? On my, I mean, I was going to say Sheamus and and Cena. I loved that match. That match was great. Um. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like the uh, the Sandow versus Santino. First of all, I think Santino's an idiot. Right? I mean, it, it's so stupid. But um, I don't know. I didn't. I just didn't like that match. Are you I mean, looking I forward do. to? Uh, no, are you looking forward to TLC? Uh, yes, I am. I'm looking forward to seeing what's gonna what's gonna go down with the Shield. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what's going on with you guys. Talked about Ziggler. Um. You know, I mean, you guys were talking about if, you know, if John Cena loses, you know, he yes, he could afford to lose and, and Ziggler um, could, can can win. But you guys were talking about that. And then and then I and then what is up with uh, this matchmaking with um, Vincent McMahon? All right, Vicky. It's like, all right, you know, this is what we want to see, Vicky. It's like, OK, enough. You know, we get we get they got rid of her saying, excuse me. We know that. We got we got the picture, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I mean, uh, but by the way, before I go, because I'm I'm getting ready to step out, because I got a oh I got a crazy thing going on here. It's called working out, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, nice. before I step out, I just want to say this: this Saturday night, BWO. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be in the building. I don't know what happened. They uh, I got a phone call from the BWO offices, and they don't want me there. Because I think I think this is going to get so brutal, um, but I just want to wish my buddy luck. Magic versus Rotten. I hope Magic destroys Rotten, and I hope uh, somebody beats the stuffing out of Tony Scott. I hope someone just just carves him up. And also, I I want to um, I want to throw my candidacy in for that that thing you guys were talking about with Steve Off. I hope that Steve Off wins. Steve Off is a great wrestler, and he's a great guy. And Steve Off will continue to have success. 
I just want him to take that belt away from Tristan Law because Tristan Law does not deserve it. But that's my opinion, boys, and I'm sticking to it. And you guys have a nice weekend, Ken, and, well, whatever's left of it, Ken and Dave. And as, as much as always, I'll support you guys in everything that you guys do. Thanks. Take it easy, man. All right, brother. Let's keep on rocking and rolling. Yeah, some heated words there from uh, Mike, uh, you know, towards Tristan Law. And, uh, you know, on the other side of our break, we should be having Tristan Law on the show uh, talking about his upcoming bout uh, for the BWO. So, um, you know, we'll hear uh, what he's thinking right now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it seems like our callers, you know, universally people were not happy with uh, – the lie detector. And like I said, on the other side, we're going to trust them all. Then we're going to give you uh, our take on the pay-per-view this evening, uh, New Year's resolution. Um, you know, we'll, we'll let you know uh, what we think about uh, that match going on. Did I, did I say New Year's resolution? <laughs> Final resolution, TNA. I, I wasn't so, going uh, to correct you. I was I, <laughs> <laughs> I was going like to let it be. Right. Yeah, so final resolution. <laughs> and what Mike was talking about, if you go to our website, we're doing some end-of-the-year awards. So check out thekenreddyshow.com. Uh, go vote for your year-end awards. Uh, the ballot is closed for best unsigned talent. Now we're looking at storyline of the year. So go over there and check that out. We're going to stick with the phones. So let's go back. I think uh, right now we have, he's been on for a while. Is this Justin? Yes, it is. How you doing, Justin? I miss you, buddy. I miss you, too. How are things up with you? Oh, good, Ken. So what do you think about the wonderful world of pro wrestling these days? Well, Edge is my favorite wrestler of all time, man. I like Edge, too. Edge is good. Good yeah. wrestler. And- you know, Ed had to retire, you know, early. Um, what are your thoughts on... Uh, CM Punk and, and Ryback and everything that's been going on. Well, I think I think CM Punk is not but he he needs to change his act. Over his act together. <laughs> what was that? I think Edge will beat CM Punk. Definitely. Is that your prediction? You think Edge somehow is gonna make a comeback and go after the WWE title and take on CM Punk? Yes he is. Really? Yeah, really. That's a bold prediction there, Justin. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I'd be honest with you, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen, but, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a title match. You know, if Edge, if, if Edge's health was, uh, you know, if he was cleared and was able to come back, I wouldn't mind seeing a match between CM Punk and, and Edge for the WWE title. Be a good match. Oh, yeah. And he's, Pretty- he's a great wrestler, like me. Like you, you're 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 starting to wrestle now. Well, not 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 quite. <laughs> you're funny. I you know, Justin, I love it when you call. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, that's okay, Ken. <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. Oh, why not? <laughs> hey, Dave, you rock, man. Oh. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon, Justin. All right, Ken. All right, take care of yourself, man. You're awesome. Bye, thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. 
Why not? If I got nothing else to do, I'll listen to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. Oh, and yeah. just supporting the show. Uh, let's. Uh, you know what? We're gonna have to take a break. So right up against. So we have a couple guys on hold. So we will get to you on the other side. Again, uh, second hour. We'll be talking to Tristan Law, BWO heavyweight champion. We're gonna give you our take on New Year's resolution, and of course. We're going to get to your phone calls. Let us know what you think about the world of wrestling. And like I said, we're talking New Year's resolution, but I said it again. Final resolution, TNA's final resolution. We're talking that, but you know what? Whatever you want to talk about, WWE, the indie scene, NWA, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk that. The number to call is 347-838-9815. But now it's time for... The Dave Five Fifty Fifty News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Dave Five Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show. In some breaking news this morning, Japanese wrestling legend Kenta Kabashi announced his retirement today at a pro wrestling NOAA event at the Sumo Hall in Tokyo. Kabashi stated that he was not forced to retire, but decided it was time for him to walk away. He did say he would like to have one final match, but not sure when that match were to take place. Kabashi is best known for his work in Pro Wrestling Noah and All Japan Pro Wrestling. WrestlingNewsSource.com has reported this week that allegedly, allegedly, WWE is looking into hiring former talent to bring back to the main roster to insert them in the mid-card scene and work with some of the younger talent to help to, excuse me, help them develop more of their in-ring skills. No names have been mentioned yet as to who the WWE is looking to bring back into the fold. We'll have more on that story when we get the information. It was a few weeks ago that I reported here on the Day 5 that TNA star Eric Young was allegedly parting ways with TNA to continue his Animal Planet television show. However, this week, good old EY announced on Twitter that he has re-signed with TNA. Obviously, details of the contract are kept under wraps, but Young is expected to return to TNA once his duties with the Animal Planet Network are finished. Now, every week I always bring you one weird, crazy, wacky, just mildly amusing story, and this one could could be one of those. Backstreet Boy, Nick Carter. Yeah, I know, the Backstreet Boys, the, the boy band. Went to Twitter Twitter this week and claimed his girlfriend, fitness model Lauren Kitt, is being courted by the WWE to become a diva. Carter tweeted, and I quote, Okay, Lauren Kitt just found out she may be a WWE diva. Imagine your girl putting the smack down in the ring. I'm so excited. Make some noise. Make some noise, all in capital letters, by the way. Carter encouraged his followers to let the WWE know about Lauren Kitt. Now, if this signing is halfway true, then we might see the Backstreet Boys versus 3MB at WrestleMania in East Rutherford, New Jersey, on April 7, 2013. Is it, is it possible that you're rooting for the Backstreet Boys? I'm 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 rooting for the line in the bathroom to be longer than the match. <laughs> and our final story. Speaking of divas, 
former WWE Diva, 2011 Hall of Fame inductee, Tammy Sitch, a.k.a. Sonny, asked the judge to modify the protective order that her former boyfriend filed against her. Sitch said she needed time with this man to work out their problems and move forward. However, the judge denied the request, according to TMZ.com, and Sitch is still undergoing a court-ordered rehab, which is being sponsored by the WWE. And every holiday season, there's always a television show, a movie, something that gets you in the mood for Christmas. So when you wake up in the morning, on Christmas morning, you go downstairs, you open up your presents, you get all excited. When you see those movies on TV, well, you don't have to watch any of those movies. You can go to YouTube, watch The Gun Show, check out Bob Arian, Steve Off, and El Rotundo Genioso. YouTube slash Steve Off. And there you have it, kids. That was the Day 5 Report. Only heard here on The Ken Reedy Show. Ken. Take it away. Good stuff. Good stuff. Man, remember last week when uh, the, the uh, gun show, they gave us a buzz? Guys are yeah. nuts. Every big, and, and we're gonna, this is going to be, we're not going to put this out to the panel, but our year-end awards, we're going to do uh, the Ken Reedy Show moment of the year. So, uh, yeah, I think them calling in, that might be uh, one of the moments. But be sure to go to YouTube and check out the gun show. Uh, very entertaining stuff, you know, and this, this is their real life. This is no joke. This is how these guys live. So if you want to see uh, behind the scenes, the the life of a a pro wrestler, uh, be sure to go check out the gun show on on YouTube. It's uh, fun stuff. So uh, we're scheduled to, uh, you know, have uh, Tristan Law, the BWO heavyweight champion, is going to be giving us a call in. But you know what? While we're waiting for him, we get the... uh, Day five is done. Why don't we go back out to the phones? We've had some people on hold, and we're going to go right out to uh, Dank. Dank, how you doing? Good. How you gentlemen doing? We are doing all right. What do you got for us this week? Well, I was looking at your website, and I was looking at the nominees that you have put up for end-of-the-year awards, and I actually can't pick any of them because what I believe – what, what I liked as the main storyline, or as a big storyline for this year, is not nominated. Well, by all means, click other and, and nominate. What, what would your, your nomination for storyline of the year be? Um, well, the other button is not an option. That's why I was like, that's kind of weird, because usually you have that up. But I, did, I don't seem to see You're it. right. You know, and, and I'm, I'm on the website right now. We will get on that, and we will have uh, other put up there ASAP. How is our producer doing these days? Huh? She, our producer got that up. She just, I guess, she didn't get other up. Oh, okay. All right. I'll have to have a talk with her. Um, what, what the story that I like the most, which I think still actually works because they just managed to renew it, so to speak, is um, Team Hell No. I personally like how they combined um, two very different wrestlers with very different wrestling style. And they managed to you take Daniel Bryan, which as early as WrestleMania was one of the most hated heels on the show. He was just seen as like a, a douche that nobody could stand. Had the record for the shortest match at WrestleMania. And you take a future Hall of Famer, let's face it, at this point in his career, like Kane, and you pair them up. And you have like this... Almost like 
dysfunctional big brother, little brother vibe going to where they're constantly arguing, they're constantly fighting with each other, they never agree on anything, but the moment somebody else gets in between them, it's like, no, sorry. Like, they, they, they just, like, they become they become very protective of, you know, the, the storyline has them very protective of each other to where it's like, no, we pick on each other because we're a team, but you don't get to pick on them because I have his back and he's got my back, which I think works very well. And now that people are starting to say, say, it's getting old, you know, it's the whole, we are, you know, I am the tag team champions. How are they going to keep it going? Now you throw the shield in there. And here we go with, you know, now it's a team. It's not just an individual or another tag team. Now it's like a trio that they're going up against, which to me kind of like refreshed the whole thing, which I think should have a nod or, you know, once the other comes up, I will nominate as storyline of the year. Well, yeah, I mean, you bring up good points with that. I mean, they did. it is definitely a brothers kind of vibe between the two of them. And, and yeah, the, the Shield uh, has kind of, Preventing that 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 whole vibe between the two of them from uh, getting old, so it's good. And we're gonna, you know, uh, we're working on that right now. Is a little bit of miscommunication because when I gave uh, the the survey list to our producer, I didn't actually put other on the uh, the list. So we're gonna make sure that other is always an option. As soon as it's up there, you can uh, put Team Hell No in as an option. All right, and uh, I can tell you right now, me and you Ken are gonna be shooting next weekend. We'll say again. Next week, me and you, we're going to have some words because your Niners are playing my pass. So good luck. <laughs> so for that, one that fan, for an opposing fan, on a week that we're not playing each other, I wish you good luck because next week you may not be so nice. <laughs> That's right, because I actually like the well, Patriots, Well, maybe next too, week he won't playing. be taking your call. So, <laughs> there. <laughs> okay. Good day from you, from me in Connecticut to you in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Why don't you go plow some snow while I go sit by the pool? And hey, enjoy guess what? The... There's snow here. Oh, not that. Hey, why don't you go take buckets of water out of your basement after the twenty fourth hurricane you've had this month? <laughs> I think we've gotten it worse here, though, as far as hurricanes go. I, I was about to say, I'm like, I want to go with one of those like hurricane jokes, but I think it still may be too soon, so I'm just gonna let it go. <laughs> Thanks, Dank. As always, thanks for the call. Always friendly. I guess next week will be a bit contentious, but have a good week. You too, guys. Take it easy. Take it easy, buddy. All right. Now on the line, the BWO heavyweight champion, we have Tristan Law on the line. Tristan, how you doing? I'm doing good, Ken. How are you? Doing all right. So you got a big bout coming up next week. Uh want to tell us a little bit about uh, your competitor, and, and are you concerned at all about uh, next week's opponent? Well, you know, of course I'd be concerned about the opponent because, you know, I'm posting the line, but I hate to dictate. The, the, the line of questioning, but let's talk about my votes. You know, I should be in first place because I am the DWO champion. But you know what? Even though <laughs> even though Mr even though Mr. Steve Off is number is number one by 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 like a hundred of votes, you know, my real fans already know I'm number one. They don't have to vote for me. But you know what though? Maybe they're not Steve your fans. Steve Off has come in second place to me a uh, lots of times. So you know what? 
Ken, I know that, you know, I'm the best unsigned talent of 2012. So, you know what? Steve Off, you can be number one. But in the ring, you, he knows who exactly is number one. Yeah, I mean, you know, gold talks. I mean, you got the gold around your waist. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's, it's my website. So, I, you know, I want the survey to be important. But, uh, you know, I can't argue with, you know, that you got the belt. How could you not be the best unsigned talent? That's correct. And also on Saturday night, I defend my BWO Heavyweight Championship against a man by the name of Mark Dillinger. Mark Dillinger, if you're out there listening, you're in for a fight. Bring your A game, Mr. Mark Dillinger, because I'm not giving up my belt. Because when I, when I, when I secure this win this Saturday night at the American Legion, Elmo Park, New Jersey, it would, it would signify a very big thing in my career, Ken. You know what that is? Uh, no, offhand, I do not. What is that? It would signify that I have been BWO champion for a year when I beat a man by the name of Sebastian Cruz, who is actually in the bottom of the voting, if, if my memory serves me correct. So the, the fans know who's, number, who, who, who's the best. They know I'm the best. Agreed. I mean, how, how can you argue with that? Um, you know, just just curious. So, where do where do you rank as far as um, a runs uh, tenure as far as being the BWO champion? I mean, is this the longest uh, run for a heavyweight champion in history? Well, you know what, it will be the longest run in BWO championship history because, in case a lot of people don't know, I'm going to be the champion forever. So you might as well burn the history books because there's only one guy that will matter, and it will be me, Tristan Law. Nobody else. Interesting. How are things going with um, the uh, DOD? Ah, uh, the DOD. You know, there's a lot of people still trying to break us up. You know, a lot of people think that we're not as strong as we were as we were before. But you know, we we don't do the talking with our mouths. We do the talking with our with our fists and our feet. So you know, everybody out there that's listening, come on out to the BWO show. It's called Holiday Havoc, One Legion Place, Elmo Park, New Jersey. You can get your, you can uh, get more info at BodySlamWrestling.com, of course, because everybody wants to see Tristan Law. Ken, real quick, real quick, did you actually happen to see my fan page most recently? I, you know, honestly, I haven't seen it as of late. Well, for for those of you guys out there, I forgot, I forgot. It's Facebook.com/slash Tristan Law fan page. When you go to my fan page, you can actually see the cage match. From uh from last weekend, the one that was supposed to take place in the summer, they got rescheduled to last weekend, last Saturday, and uh, I give it to that Mike Iannuzzi. He uh he 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 put up one hell of a fight, but you know he had to cheat to win. You know he had the referee on his side. The referee opened the door and let him walk out. That doesn't seem fair. Doesn't seem fair at all. But if you want to watch it for yourself, go to my fan page. You will see the best cage match ever in independent wrestling history. Facebook.com slash Tristan Law Fan Page. Yes, Mr. Ken Reedy. Yes. Sounds good. I'm going to have to go and check that out. Just, uh, you know, before I let you go, like, where, what other uh, promotions and where else can we see uh, Tristan Law uh, over the next uh, few months if we want to come check you out? Uh, EC, ECPW uh, this Friday in uh, Paramus, New Jersey. Next night, uh, BWO in Elmo Park, New Jersey. Um, but as always, if anybody out there wants to know where you can find the law in action, let's go to my website, TristanLaw.com. And and if anyone wants to book you, they can go to the website as well and, and get your booking information? They can go to the website. They can go to uh, to the fan page and, and leave my administrator a message there. Um, I'm sure 
if they know you personally, they can contact you. You can get in contact with me because you're friends with the champ, so you know how to get in contact with me. So, you know, it's, it's not hard to get in contact with the law because you know what? I'm going to be kicking ass again in 2013. That's great to hear. You know what, champ? Always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for giving us a few minutes, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you beforehand, but if not, uh, have a great holiday season. Look forward to seeing you kicking ass in 2013. Uh, you too, and uh, tell your, uh, your your production person. Uh, tell tell your production person I said happy belated birthday. So no, oh, you got uh, it. Thanks, your production man. person's birthday. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. All right, bye. There we go. A few minutes from the champ. Nice one to touch base with us, and uh, you know he is he's a talented guy. I mean, Dave and, and Tristan uh, have not seen eye to eye at all times, but uh, guy's got some skills in the ring. He can he can talk. Skill in the ring. He just sucks as a human being. <laughs> I, I'll never take away his skill in the ring. I, I've said it before. He's talented. He's got a bright future, but he, you know he's got a he's got a you know a bulldog mouth with a puppy dog ass. You know what I mean? He just you know th- that's just my opinion. But where to go? But the interesting is you know a guy like Tristan. He learned from the best, and Tristan uh, learned from uh, the Dudleys. He actually trained. Uh, with the Dudleys, which uh, this is what we call in the business a segue. Um, so right now, you know, both Dudleys, uh, not a tag team as of now, but uh, top of the ranks right now in TNA as far as storylines go, both uh, uh, Bully Ray and uh, Devon, uh, really uh, important parts of what's going on in TNA. And tonight we have final resolution, so let's get into some TNA talk. And what's going on in that company? Um, you know, first off, uh, most importantly, I think you know, coming out of Impact this past Thursday night. Um, wow, when did Brooke Hogan become so blessed? She's just nice up top. Um, she got some pythons up there. Yeah, she got the twenty-four <laughs> inches up there. I, you know, I remember watching Hogan knows best, and I didn't. I don't remember her being as as ample. Um, no. So she you know, felt. maybe those are new. Uh, but it was yeah, interesting. She... I was honestly thinking, and I know Mr. Trivia kind of hit on this a few weeks back. And I'm curious what you you think, because and I know a lot of people are, but you know, Dave and I both we're big Sons of Anarchy fans, and. You know, this whole Ace and Aids thing is, you know, the whole vibe is very similar to uh, Sons of Anarchy and, uh, you know, Sam Crow, the, the club that's in Sons of Anarchy. And, and you know, it, it's it's similar. And it's funny right now in, in wrestling, you know, when it comes to FX programming, you know, former FX show, The Shield, uh, name of a, a group in the WWE. And, and we have... Sons of Anarchy, and that's uh, similar to uh, a motorcycle club that exists in TNA. Um, there are rumors circulating that when it's all said and done that we're going to find out that Bully Ray is uh, involved, uh, perhaps the leader or at least an important part of it. Um, the way Brooke was dressed, I, I just like I had this image where I saw her and Bully Ray, and I was like, could she be an old lady? Could she be Bully Ray's old lady? And they had the other women at ringside uh, that night. It just kind of like, wow, could she be a Gemma type? 
You know, they kind of they're kind of pushing her in that in that that realm to kind of run things with the knockouts. Um, it's been hit or miss. I don't know if if anyone could say like her being in that role has been a hundred percent successful. But do we get like a a a Brooke Hogan heel turn and she's kind of an old lady for uh, ace and eights? I I just think this this relationship right now that's uh, rumored between Bully Ray and Brooke is not just that. It's going to be tied to something, and I'm curious if it's going to be tied in some way, shape, or form to ace and eights. And this is going to be a heartbreaking moment. For the father, for for Hulk Hogan, we're going to see him broken down as a father when his daughter is actually part of the motorcycle club Aces and Eights. So uh, I'm kind of curious about that. But tonight we have the match between uh, Bully Ray and Austin Aries, which promises, you know, these two guys both uh, very uh, good competitors, guys who work well with each other. Looking forward to seeing uh, this match. Uh, your thoughts, Dave, on everything surrounding Bully Ray, his relationship with Brooke, and, and what we can look forward to in this match tonight? Well, first of all, I must say, I did notice what you noticed on Thursday, and those are some lovely chesticles she has there. Those things were probably purchased. Anyhow, the match with Bully Ray and Austin Aries um, should be a good match. Uh, I'm not really buying the whole Bully Ray's kind of a babyface thing. I've always thought he was a better heel. Um, I think it worked out in the short term with the whole aces and eights thing, but I guess they've been keeping him a baby face and just out of the blue, all of a sudden he's got some relationship with Brooke Hogan that Austin Aries has decided to expose. Um, I think this was just kind of thrown together at the last minute. I think the whole aces and eights thing to begin with, after looking back on it, it's really lost a lot of steam. I mean, you know, Devon was revealed as the leader, not the leader, but he was, you know, the sergeant at arms. And there's, we still haven't even determined who's the vice president or the president for that matter. And then you could tell that Wes Briscoe, you know, he, he, with his hair and you know, his look, that he's part of Aces and Eights, but they got him on TV as a character. And then, you know, the I don't know, I just think the whole Aces and Eights thing has become like, uh, a modern day version of the job squad. It's like they're just putting they they don't know what to do, but they're putting guys in there. And I, I mean, I hope I'm surprised, but you know, I have a feeling that Bully Ray and Brooks somehow will be involved in this Aces and Eights thing. As far as the match goes tonight, I mean, they had a great match to sacrifice back in May. I don't see why they couldn't have another good match. I mean, it's just just a t- the roles are reversed. Austin Aries is the heel, and Bully Ray is the babyface. So. um I mean, it should be it should be a good match. Um, and I think we'll see more, uh, you know, with this story. I think we'll see some Brooke Hogan involvement. I wouldn't be surprised if Hulk Hogan was involved in the match somehow, if he made an appearance. So I think there will be some involvement from somebody that's going to determine how far this story goes. Yeah, I just, I, I'm hoping that we just, we don't have, I, I you know, I kind of like the idea of uh, perhaps it, it being a Brooke Hogan turn, However Hulk Hogan gets involved, for me, and admittedly, now, you know, Hulk Hogan mark right here. I don't mark out from any, uh, if any. Uh, he's the one. Um, I, I don't need another Hulk Hogan turn. I don't. He's, he's up there. Uh, I, I think the way they've evolved things right now, 
I, I think Hulk Hogan is in a perfect situation right now. I, I really like what they've done with him. He is he's he's running things. He's running the ship. Um front office vibe for him, you know, it's he's got the, the history behind him. He's he's the man, arguably the greatest ever. And you know, that's his role. I, I don't I think it's fine. I mean he's he's tough on faces. He's tough on the heels. He's, you know, obviously he's quote unquote a baby face, but it's not like he's easy on the faces and he's coming down all the time on the heels. I mean, he's tough on everyone. He's kind of a, you know, tries to be at least a down the middle kind of GM. I don't need to see him turning ever again. Uh, when when Hulk Hogan retires, it, it just should be, you know, if he walks away from TV. Whatever the case is, he he's walking away as a face, and and that's it. So, if he's involved in any way, shape, or form going forward with Ace and Eights, I hope he's against Ace and Eights because I don't want to see uh, him turn. Um, if he needs to put together a a rival faction to go up against Ace and Eights, I'm okay with that. I just don't want to see him turn heel. Uh, a, a potential Brook Hogan uh, turn. Uh, could be interesting, could be interesting. Uh, I'm not saying it definitely would be interesting, but it would add another dynamic. I agree with you. They have to be careful with Ace and Eights right now because they don't want to – they can't go too far with it without – you know, it, it's it's a fine line. That's the problem, and that's the tough thing with wrestling. Like, you want to you wanna hold some things off and build some suspense. Um, if you do things too soon, you blow your load. If you – draw things out too far, it gets stale. So you got to kind of hit it at the right time. We found out that Devon's involved, and and that's good, and it was a shocking thing, and and it's good, and I kind of like the fact that, you know, now uh, with some interference, but Devon's got his uh, title back, and, you know, I think TNA should be commended because they've done a real good job at over time, and we've talked about a lot on this show about AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, and I think TNA's done an excellent job at kind of making Samoa Joe relevant again, and would not shock me at all that at some point next year we see Samoa Joe really getting back into the heavyweight title picture. Uh, but right now, you know, Devon takes his TV title back. Um, I like that, and I like that Devon's involved. However, Devon is involved. they they yeah, got to be Devon? careful. What? Who's Devon? <laughs> I, I like playing with the syllables. <laughs> Sounds like a hairdresser's name. <laughs> it's Devon. Um, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you got that one in. <laughs> Devon. Uh, you know, it's not as shocking, and, and this is like a major storyline for TNA. And, and we're getting some sort of interference. We're just going to take a look at the bucket. Let's stand by.
we on? I think we're back. We're back? I think we had like a, a wire kind of all of a sudden just decide, hey, I'm going to jump out. Oh, so wow. Back, from what I heard, I got like a few texts that like, hey, that's awful. <laughs> that's a bad Paul, unfortunately, like you know, it's I'm not working out of Sirius XM. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have a, a a radio studio. I've kind of put together a makeshift studio in a spare room. So uh, every so often things happen, and we just we make do. So uh, luckily, you know, we've had problems in the past where we've pissed away like an hour of the show. So at least that was only what we lose about thirty seconds there. So yeah. we're back. Sorry, that. Sorry if you were listening, like kind of relaxing on a nice Sunday evening and, oh, this is good. Just listen to some wrestling talk. And so apologies if I, I jostled you there uh, with the noise. but uh, So back, back to Devon. I mean, Devon. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I that was a good reveal. It was definitely a good reveal. It was shocking. I mean, you know, some people, I mean, I think he was one of the names we threw around here. You know, it was definitely a name. Uh, you know, sure spec- threw that out. Was that? Mr. Trivia threw that name out there. Got to give credit to Mr. Trivia. It was still a good reveal. You know, it was still, you know, you can, you know, it's just, again, that fine line. Like, you just have this group running around with masks teasing, um, you know, involvement, teasing big names being involved, but, uh, you know, not giving us anything. And and right now, with the West Briscoe thing, they gotta either like look if they're if they're throwing us for a loop, that'd be awesome. If it's some other dude with with if it's Damian Darling under there, like you know, with the long blonde hair, um, who knows? But they gotta do something because I, I think we're most wrestling fans like we're sitting there like thinking, you think we're stupid? Like, that's obviously – and, like, how dumb is the rest of the, the TNA locker room? Like, you, you don't think, like, you know, Kurt Angle, you know, I guess he's blinded because he loves Wes Briscoe, and I'm, I'm sure that's going to be the heartbreaking moment when he realizes that Briscoe is part of uh, Ace and Eights. But, you know, wouldn't you at least – like, if you're Kurt Angle, wouldn't you at least ask the question? Now, wouldn't someone – if this was real life – I know that's a stretch, but if this is real life, wouldn't someone – in the TNA locker room say, hey, that guy's got long blonde hair. You have long blonde hair. You're both kind of the same height, same weight. Could it be you? I mean, the fact that that hasn't been asked at some point, it just kind of screams, uh, you think we're stupid? So I, I think there there needs to be resolution there. Also, they need to. We need to get a big name that that's involved. Um, and I'm curious what that big name is. I, I'm, you know, I, I keep thinking that Bischoff's going to wind up being involved with it. Um, there's been rumors for a while that that Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett's going to be a name. Um, we're getting dangerously close with this group. That whomever the big name is that's involved. Uh, needs to be revealed quickly. 
or it's just going to start getting pretty stale. Now, that being said, I've enjoyed TNA programming um, over the past couple months. I think it's been really good. Actually, since they've gone live, I think they've done a pretty good job. I think we're kind of saying here, you know, be careful because it's so easy for something to go from being hot and cutting edge to being stale, and it can happen real quick. Um, I One question I'd like to ask you, Dave, though, let, let's get away from Ace and Aids for a bit. The Jeff Hardy thing, the enigma, they've been doing this thing where, where we get into his thoughts. And you and I both were pretty positive the first time they did it. Your thoughts right now on the uh, introspective, in, intracranial uh, microphone that they have going on right now with uh, Jeff Hardy. Uh, what do you think? I don't think it should be used every week, personally. I think it should only be used at certain times. Um, it seems like every time they do a backstage promo with him, it's it's involved somehow. You know, like James Storm said something to him, he didn't say a word, then he walks away and the camera all of a, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the it's, he'll start talking real slow and the, the picture's slower, like... You don't, you know, it's just the way he talks. I mean, I just don't, it's not good all the time, in my opinion. It's only good for certain situations. Like, I liked it the first time. That was pretty cool. Even the second time, it wasn't bad when he was putting on the face paint. But now he does it all the time. It's like, all right, he's going to pull up in his car. Are you going to do the, you know, inter-dialogue, you know, then? Is he going to, you know, he's going to use the bathroom. What are you going to do? Are you going to have him record his thoughts on what he's doing in the toilet? Like, you know, give me a break. Like I just don't. I I don't think it should be. I think it should be meant for certain situations that it, you know that, that, that it calls for in the storyline. Not all the time. I just think. But then again, it's wrestling. I mean, the Undertaker can walk out, lift his hands up, and shoot flames out of the stage. So I mean, come on. You know. I mean, you know, same thing with Kane shoots fire out of the posts and, and and maybe his ass sometimes. You know. So it's wrestling. I mean. You know, it is what it is. You know, we've seen a lot of the kidnappings, you know. <laughs> guys shoot, guys, a guy pulls a gun out and one person walks into his house, but he's still under contract for the wrestling company, you know. I mean, I'm just not a, I'm not a big fan of it anymore. I think it's gotten old. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think it's coming off now as a bit cheesy. Um, if, if they used it sparingly, perhaps it would work and, and – you know, we both we talked on the show like that first time they used it. He was walking down the hallway, and there were you know different wrestlers on either side of him, and he was talking uh, you know about each guy. Uh, it kind of worked. Um, you're right now. It's just you know, and they kind of do like this this uh, effect on the film where they they kind of I guess they're doing like a slow motion, and uh, you know they go into his thoughts. It's it's I don't know. I don't think it's it's working now. I I commend TNA for trying something different. Um, and it's definitely different. However, I I, I don't think it, it's working at all. I shouldn't think working at all. Like you said, if they use it sparingly, if they use it even once a month or, you know, if they try to do it, you know, maybe at a pay-per-view or, or the impact before a pay-per-view, uh, or even like, you know, not even have like a real schedule for it. Maybe use it, you know, once a month and then wait two months. And then there's a, you know, an impact where they, they, pull it out again uh week to week it's just it, it i don't know you're right it's 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 kind of just getting a bit much uh does jeff hardy walk out of final resolution the tna heavyweight champion yes i think he does i think they're i think well, they're, from what i've heard the company is 
they, they really want to build it around him in the coming months, um, even though it's been rumored that his contract runs out in March, I believe, and I'm not sure what the exact date is. I know that lockdown is March 10th in San Antonio, and they want to do Jeff Hardy Austin Aries uh, for the title. At least that's one of the matches that has been talked about. Um, so I think keeping the belt on Jeff is their way of trying to make him happy. Plus, he's popular, and he's and he's over with the audience, and he's putting out great in in ring work. So I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't. You know, Bobby Roode just lost. The, it seems like he just lost the title. You know, not too long ago. So I mean, I don't know unless, unless they know for sure that Jeff Hardy is not going to resign with them, then. I could, you know, then maybe Bobby Roode would win the title. But who knows? It's wrestling. I think, I think eventually he'll, uh, you know, he'll uh, he'll resign with them. So I think tonight Jeff Hardy wins the match and defeats Bobby Roode. I always tend to agree. Um, yeah, the only, I mean, we're not in the front offices, so the only caveat is if they, like you said, if they, if they definitively know this guy's not resigning, then maybe, but. Uh, I think TNA's done a great job at, at rebuilding Jeff Hardy. And, you know, if TNA has any thoughts of growing, of, of being bigger, um, I, I'm not going to dare say, you know, rival the WWE, but start to at least get into the conversation. Um, you know, they, they need marketability. And I know they have their, their TNA guys, but the most the guy who's got the, the most name recognition Who's wrestling? Obviously, Hulk Hogan's got the, the most name recognition, but the guy who's in the squared circle, it's Jeff Hardy. And if you, if you want to truly market your company and continue to grow and continue to have an international uh, fan base and get out of the impact zone a little more regularly, um, that's a guy who's going to sell tickets. And, and you know, we talk, I mean, I love what Bobby Roode has done over the course of this year. I, I I think James Storm has grown tremendously at a, as a singles competitor over the course of the year. Um, you know, character is stale, but I like what AJ can do in the ring. I mean, there's a lot of talent over there. But when you talk about marketability, there's not many guys in that locker room that would be able to, you know, go out to different markets and, and get, you know, get bringing fans that maybe don't know the TNA product better than Jeff Hardy's going to do that. So, I would be absolutely shocked if uh, Jeff Hardy loses his belt tonight. Um, other things going on on a resolution, TNA's final resolution tonight. Uh, we talked a bit about Ace and Ace. We got a, a tag title match. Lutin Chavo, Guerrero, and Hernandez versus Matt Morgan and Joey Ryan. And I'm not sure we talked about it on the show, Dave, but we talked about it behind the scenes. You know, Matt Morgan and Joey Ryan... Remind me a lot, uh, an updated version, kind of, of a, a Shawn Michaels and Diesel kind of combo. Uh, like what they've done right now with Morgan. Love the fact that he's got Hulk Hogan's uh, gold cape that he's bringing down to the ring. Um, Joey Ryan, just a, an absolute sleazeball. Uh, great character. I, I just, I like what they're doing with both these guys. Chavo can go in the ring. Hernandez is a beast. This should be a pretty good tag match. Um, your thoughts on the match, and, and what do you think of the uh, repackaging of Matt Morgan and putting him with Joey Ryan? 
Well, the match, it should, like you said, it should be good. There, there's four solid hands in that ring, um, Chavo being the the, uh, the seasoned veteran out of the four. Um, so I, I, I would expect that this this should be a good match. It won't be a stinker. As far as the, the combo, I could see the Shawn Michaels-Diesel you know, similarities there. However, um, in my opinion, the jury's still out on that. I mean, uh, you know, why did Matt Morgan pair up with Joey Ryan? They just look like an odd couple of some sorts. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it seems like to me that like that 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 more that there's more. It seems like it just comes across to me like there's more for Morgan and Joey Ryan's not it. But you know, I want to see them two interact more as characters on television and see how well they do. You know, I mean, it's only, it's been a couple of months, but you really haven't seen much. I think I think Morgan had his first match on Impact in months last week, and he debuted on TV two months ago, or re- returned on TV two months ago. So uh, I'd like to see more out of these two, the dynamic between them, and you know, get like a, a what are they doing with Hogan? Like he stole his cape, uh, that was it. Like they really don't do anything like uh, with, with him after that. You know, I just don't. Uh, I'd like to see more, and then I can come up with a better conclusion. But, you know, I'm optimistic about it, positive about it. You know, I like Joey Ryan. I think he's, you know, got a good character, talented in the ring. Um, you know, he, he certainly can, you know, hold his own on the microphone, and he can talk. Uh, Morgan, same thing. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what happens with these two, where they go with them together or separately moving forward. I mean, I think the, the upside is definitely there with these two, and, and, I, and I like what I'm saying. I mean, I think, you know, Morgan's got tremendous upside, and a guy who, you know, I, I mean, I don't know where, where we see Joey Ryan in the future, but a Morgan is definitely a guy I can see as, as heavyweight champ. Um, you know, definitely could be a dominating champ. So uh, I like everything they're doing with them right now. Um, when I look at this match, I mean, you know, Chavo, Chavo's got the family name. I, I like what they've done with uh, Hernandez and teaming them up. But uh, I don't, Chavo doesn't need these belts. And uh, I'd kind of like to see what Morgan and Joey Ryan would do with uh, the titles. I would assume they're going to probably do something a bit underhanded. But when I look at this match, um, I think Morgan and, and Ryan walk away with the tag belts tonight. What do you think? I wouldn't be surprised. If they walk away, with the, if they walk out with the tag belts, is, you know, it, it will definitely help their case with, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. I guess um, with Hogan, um, but you know, hopefully that them winning the titles means that there will be some forward progress in this storyline. Maybe we'll see a little more interaction with Hogan because, like I said, we really haven't seen a whole lot, and I'd like to know what exactly is going on between all of them personally. So. One match, we, you know, it's interesting because storyline-wise, it's uh, I don't hold a lot of interest, but wrestling-wise, I do. We have AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels again, um, and it's it's weird because there's, there's there's I'm actually like split down the middle on this because there's there's part of me that's like oh it's you know AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels again, and there's part of me that's like yeah, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels again. Um, I have no doubt these guys are going to put on a good match. I know it's supposed to be the final time. Um, I don't know. It's weird how I I don't know where to go with this match. I'm curious where they're going to go coming out of this match. Um, We we talked on the show. We both like the fact that AJ Styles has been pulled out of the title picture. 
do we have a, a character change coming out of this match? Do we have uh, something with AJ Styles? Is AJ Styles like just beat Daniels to death with a chair and we see a more vicious side of, of AJ Styles tonight. Um, you know, if these guys just do what they usually do, where you're going to have a very, very, very entertaining wrestling match, um, as far as where both characters are going, um, you know, I don't know how this facilitates either one of the characters, but it, it, it should be a, a solid match. Your thoughts on Styles and Daniels? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, of agreement with you in the sense, you know, all right, it's one last time. Maybe they're going to pull out all stops. And then I'm like, oh, really? They're going to do it again? Like, you know, I, if they're going to advertise the final time, it better be the final time. Um, but more than likely it won't. But anyhow, I do like the idea of, like, you know, either AJ losing and – and then you start to see him develop this heel turn, or he just totally beats the dog piss out of Christopher Daniels and and wins, and you see a little bit of more of an aggressive side to him. He's not exactly pandering to the audience as much, but he's not necessarily turning heel. Um, either way, that could go. I will say this. It would be pretty cool if Christopher Daniels came out and wore those Zubaz pants and the fanny pack like he did on Thursday <laughs> for the match. I, I don't know where that came from, but if he did it again, it wouldn't bother me because that brought me back to my childhood right there. Um, yeah, so, I mean, no doubt it's going to be a great match. I personally think Daniels will win so that they can really jam or home hard that, you know, Styles is on this losing streak. And I think Styles will I think Styles will move into something with James uh, James Storm you know, next month and eventually uh, turn heel because uh, most of the most of the outings that Styles and Daniels have had over the years um, in TNA, Styles has been on the, the, the winning end of those matches. Um, so I, I have a feeling that Daniels might go over on this one and then uh, him and Kazarian move on to something else and then Styles goes on to, you know, his thing with James Storm. Uh I would agree. I mean, I, I I would like to see Christopher Daniels win. I, I just, I still, you know, I like all of that. I just think AJ needs, like, a, a real overhaul. I mean, you know, right down to, like, his trunks and his look and everything. Like, I would love to see, like you're saying, a, a more vicious side to him. I personally, I'd, you know, I want to see him lose, but, like, kill Daniels afterwards. I want him to lose the match. Or maybe even we see something where he loses the match and because, you know, it's a great match. It's another war between the two of them that maybe, you know, Daniels actually extends a hand at the end and, you know, AJ just beats the holy hell out of him out of sheer frustration. But, you know, after the fact, like, I kind of want to see AJ, you know, look, if you're going to continue with, with the look with that, uh, you know, little sweatshirt and the hood thing, like, kind of like, like a black sweatshirt. You know, change or, or muted colors, darker colors. You know, just you know, start there. I, I just would like to see more of a. You've gone through all this stuff, and that's what we talk about character development. You know, and being consistent through your whole character, and then they've they've done that. They've started with AJ. You know, it's the worst year of his career, and he's frustrated all these losses, and you know he doesn't know where his career is going. Like, well, well follow through with all of that. If he's in a a dark place. If he's playing a character that's in a dark place, well, let's let's go all the way with that. Like, stop with the the, the bright royal blue 
ring attire. Like let, let's get a little darker with with uh, even his ring attire. Let's just kind of tweak everything about AJ because you know the character has gotten old and and this will be a you know if you're going to do this match again this will be a prime opportunity to uh revamp and i'm hoping i think you and i are both in agreement that you know no limit to aj styles talent in the ring it's just a question of let's make him a little more interesting as far as character and tv and this is you know right here is a golden opportunity for them to really tweak uh AJ Styles' character and do something a little bit different with him to make him more interesting. And we've reached that portion of the program where it is time for... The Ken Reedy Show, Nod of Approval. It's that time, that time once again in our program where we talk about things in the world of pro wrestling that we just sat back and nodded to ourselves and said, yeah, that worked, that's good. And that gets that gets your nod of approval. So without further ado, Dave, who gets your nod of approval this week? Well, this week, this individual will top, you know, last week because he was involved in uh, part of my nod of approval. But um, not only did I nod at this, but I jumped out of my seat and rewound it on the DVR probably about three or four times after. Um, it was the fatal four-way match at, at, on Monday Night Raw with the, for the United States title. And at one point, Kofi Kingston is running around the ring, and he hops the steps, and he goes to, I don't know if he was trying to clothesline Cesaro, but in midair, Cesaro gave him that uppercut. Which I love that move. That's just my. I just I love it. I mean, I, it's so lethal and deadly, and especially when he does it to smaller guys, it just looks even better. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, Oh my god! I was like, I gotta see that again. And I rewound it. I love Cesaro. I like his character. His in-ring work is awesome. He's got a bright future in the WWE. Um, I could see him working with John Cena, Randy Orton. Excuse me. And uh, really, you know propelling forward. I think this is just the beginning of what we're going to see from him. You know, it's funny because, you know, and I, the Fatal 4-Way was, was definitely up there. Uh, it was a contender for uh, my not approval. I thought it was a good match. Um, I, 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 too, I love that move. And, and I love what Kofi's bringing to the table lately. Um, but my nod, actually, and, and Cesaro is, uh, you know, involved, kind of, but I'm going to go with actually R-Truth. And uh, his promo with Cesaro on SmackDown, because when Cesaro referenced uh, Dusty Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes, uh, you know, him being heavy and saying most Americans are, are built like the American dream. Uh, I love like our truth kind of gave an updated version of hard times and. To me, there's only like true wrestling fans, like true like throwback wrestling fans, picked up on it. But it was a good promo, and I just it's hard times. Dusty Rhodes is one of my all time favorite promos, and I loved that our truth was uh, to me at least uh, paying homage to uh, that promo, and it was a good exchange between him and Cesaro there, and and looking forward to their match. So uh, 
you know, good exchange. But, yes, yeah, Cesaro kind of involved in uh, both nods. But officially, my nod goes to R-Truth for his homage to Hard Times. So there you have it, the Cesaro uppercut and R-Truth this week, the nod of the people. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. It is truly amazing, and I'm sure there are people out there in Stanford that are listening. But you know what? When I think about the two nods, and it's funny with the way nods go, because I feel like on this show, the way weeks go, and maybe the companies need to look at this, but I, I kind of feel like when there's a WWE pay-per-view... It seems like TNA gets our nods, and when it's a TNA pay-per-view, the WWE gets our nods. Go figure. So uh, two WWE nods of approval this week, but what I find intriguing, and people are listening out there, but we have been saying for a long time that we want to see all the belts matter. We want to see the secondary belts matter, and you know what? We had the U.S. title holder and the IC title holder kind of tied to our nods this week. And you know what? Those belts matter right now. I'm not going to say they matter as much as they did years ago, but both those belts matter. And going into the pay-per-view, both those belts have storylines attached to it, and both those belts have matches that I want to see, that I'm looking forward to. They're not throwaway matches. Cesaro, our truth should be a decent match. Kind of, kind of a David and Goliath kind of vibe, but, uh, you know, Wade Barrett and Kofi Kingston, uh, that should be a decent match. I love right now what Kofi's bringing to the table. I think they, if, if nobody else, they and I've said it before, they are using Kofi Kingston 100% correctly. He's in the perfect place right now. He can sell for other people. He's highly entertaining himself. Uh, love what Kofi's bringing to the table. Um, they've continued, you know, I think they, I would probably say it started maybe with, with Cody Rhodes, but they've been slowly bringing the IC title up to prestige. And you have those two secondary titles that matter going into a WWE pay-per-view. And that makes me a little optimistic going into 2013 and beyond your thoughts, Dave. Yeah. I mean, you know, Obviously, it's not like how things were back in the day for us with, you know, like the Intercontinental Championship that, you know, is first that comes to mind. I mean, we we, we can talk about Savage Steam all, how, all day, how intense the storyline that was for a mid-card championship. But I think they're getting there. I think it's going to take time. They're starting. they got a, they they got a talented mid-card with guys that, you know, could fit those roles perfectly. Um you know, Wade Barrett, um, Antonio Cesaro, R-Truth, Kofi. You know, you can even talk about guys like Jack Swagger from before, you know, whoever. But um, I'm personally enjoying it. I like the fact that more champ, you know, that the championships are, are, are gaining more of a meaning to them. Um, and I think, you know, what I mentioned in my news report about, you know, bringing former talent back to the mid-card, um, you know, you brought it up on Facebook, too, in the discussion. I brought up maybe, you know, bringing back a guy like MVP, who was a former United States champion, bringing a guy back like Carlito, former Intercontinental champion, that could add some, you know, credibility to those titles. And John Morrison, excuse me, um, you know, the Hurricane, Shane Helms, a good buddy of mine, you know, he would he would definitely fit in nicely in that mold in the mid-card. Make, make those mid-card matches, you know, 
mean mean more than they used to in 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 the, in the recent years. So I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I think overall, you know, we've seen little bits and pieces of this in 2012, but I think in 2013, mid card championships and the tag team titles are going to have a lot more meaning than they did in 2012. Well, and like we said, it, it it becomes a little bit, you know. It's almost like they put the cart before the horse with the WWE. Uh, you know, like, they should have made these titles matter and then potentially go to a three-hour Raw. Um, you know, the easiest way to make three hours go by is for you to have multiple storylines going on and all belts matter. Then you can, you can formulate a, a solid three hours when your top-heavy uh, makes it pretty difficult. And... Uh, I think we've seen slowly but surely that that evolution happen. They, they've made the tag belts matter, um, and the tag belts are, are over right now uh, with Team Hell No. And uh, you know you have your your secondary champions, and you know. And, and the thing is, you know, when I look back, and, and you know, it's tough because as a fan of anything, you get nostalgic about things, and you want to see things back to where they were. And you know, I don't need it to go back all the way. You know, because it, it is, I mean, there were times back in the day that, you know, we, we look back with rose-colored glasses, and you, you really look at it, you don't really want the IC title to becoming that close to the WWE title. And, you know, back in the day, there were times that there were IC champs that it was damn near close that, that the prestige in that belt was... And we had difficulty. And we're back. Again, I apologize. The ghost of mid-card championship path is trying to take out our show. It is, actually. So, uh, you know, I, I just think, like, with that, I, I mean, I don't think we need it to get huge. We don't need it to be close to even to the WWE title. You know, it just needs to matter. It needs to matter for for those second-tier guys and and. I think right now it does. It's a perfect scenario. It's perfect for a guy like Cesaro that try and get, you know, his feet wet. Like, let him be a kick-ass U.S. champion. Let's see how he, he goes with that. And then if he is a guy to move up to the main stage, you know, we'll see down the road a piece. But why can't he be a dominant U.S. champion? You know, so I, I totally like what they're doing right now with uh, those two belts and, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to see uh, moving forward uh, them continue to make those secondary belts matter. Can't believe it, but we're getting close to the end of another exciting edition of uh, the Ken Reedy Show. And just before I get out of here, I just want to uh, take a moment, actually, to thank, uh, and it was literally hundreds of fans we had in attendance uh, last night. For NWA On Fire debut event at the Persephone PAL building, if you didn't get a chance to go down, you got to check it out. It's a really nice building, really nice facility. And we're going to be doing our TV tapings out of there. So you want to see some good wrestling, you want to perhaps get on TV, uh, go check it out. Our next event there is going to be January 12th. Uh, so you can get tickets. You know what, there's this. A bunch of places you can get tickets, uh, but go to nwaonfire.com. That's nwaonfire.com uh, for all the information on the card and how to get tickets. But uh, good, good, uh, 
card last night. A really great building we got now. So uh, we're going to be running events out of there, storylines coming up. So uh, it's going to be wrestling, so be sure to check it out again. And yours truly will be there. Remember, January 12th will be our next event. Check out nwaonfire.com. As we run it down, we're getting close. It is a final resolution Sunday TNA pay-per-view. Great show. we got about 30 seconds left. Dave, great night. Did you have a good time tonight? Oh, I had a blast. It was wonderful. Uh, you know, just that, that this, is, this, is, this is the place to be Sunday nights, and, and I'm glad I'm here. Be sure to check out the website to get your votes in. Right now, the Ace and Eight storyline is leading. Remember, you can vote once a day. That's once a day. So if you're real passionate about who you want to see win, go back each and every day and get your vote in. But it's the Ken Reedy Show and Awards. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next Sunday at 6 o'clock. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thank you all and good night.